This morning before we pray, we will look into the word first because we need to know how to fight these battles, what we are fighting, who is against us and who is with us. And I thank all my dear pastors, I know you are there, just love you, wish I could see you, but we will study the word of God together because we are fighting the battle of our lives. But we stand always from a position of strength because greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. We know Christ defeated the enemy, but we have to enforce that victory. The devil using flesh and blood will fight this battle against us. And in this battle we should remember we are not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting powers of darkness. But there are many flesh and blood people who have knowingly and willingly sold themselves over to the devil to do his bidding. Those are the prophets of Baal Elijah had to contend on Mount Carmel. Not the people. He didn't contend with the people. He only asked the people to join him. But he didn't ask the prophets of Baal to join him. So we need to know the difference. Shall we pray? Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. Our heart is heavy because we know, Lord, our brethren in the U.S. are fighting this battle, Lord. And we are one body. We cannot be blind at an hour like this and be quiet at an hour like this, Lord. We have to join this battle. If we do not join the battle of our brothers as they are fighting, one day our sin will find us out. That's what you told the two tribes who did not want to cross the river Jordan and fight for the promised land. You told through your servant Moses, your sin will find you out if you don't fight with your brothers, for your brothers. So we have to fight for our brothers. We do not look at ourselves saying, oh, the church in India is so tiny, so small, what we can do, no, Lord. The church is one body, one holy nation. We look to you and we know Christ is all sufficient. And by faith and through faith, we will fight this good fight and we will overcome. So Father, as we study first and pray for both, we need the anointing, Lord. For it's your anointing that breaks the yoke. Speak, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to turn first to Psalm 56 and verses 1 and 2. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High God. Okay, This is a daily battle. Fighting all day. Okay, we are fighting. Here, remember, it's the enemy, the powers of darkness through men and women. They oppress us daily. They hound us daily. There are many who fight against us. Okay, fight against us. And if you look at it, the actual battle we face daily is the battle of the tongue, of words. The the first weapon and the most powerful weapon, that's why we say in English, the pen is more mightier than the sword. Okay, it's the pen or the words that move men to take the sword. If there are no words, then there are no 
the, the sword won't be used so much. So it's the power of words and the, the daily barrage of words as soon as we get up from bed. Lord, it's like unlike any other time, 24-7 there is this barrage of words being spoken, being spoken against Christ and against his people. And they are trying to swallow me up. This is what David is saying. The servant of God is saying, you know, there are enemies raised and constantly enemies are using words, okay? They hound me daily. They would like to swallow me up, okay? And if you look at President Trump, it's the same thing. It's 24-7, four years, okay? The whole idea is to wear you out, that you will give up, okay? You will give up. Finally, you will just, your spirit breaks and you give up. Remember, this is what God had said in Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Why the words are so important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And we know from Deuteronomy that God said, I said before you, blessing and curses, life and death, you choose. In the occult, in the occult, what the enemy does is that the enemy uses curses to speak death into our lives. Okay, that's the entire distinct of sorcery. So all religions, if you look at religion as such, works on the power of curse. And they're very afraid of those sorcerers and priests and all that. They would curse you. Okay, that's how it works. And it is words that is used. So the enemy uses curses, spells, incantations, false accusations, and words that cause doubt, discouragement, depression, distraction. Okay, understand that is how the enemy works. That's what David is talking about constantly. And through the Bible, you will see when the enemy comes through men, it is words that is used. In James chapter 3 and verse 6, I think I didn't, I gave you, yeah. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And look at the last part. It is set on fire from hell. Okay? So those who are into occult and sorcery and everything, because you need power, their tongues are actually set on fire from hell. They're empowered by hell to curse, to curse, okay, spells, occult, to bring discouragement. That's why people are so discouraged. And so depressed, that's the power of the air. Even if people have everything, you look at people, they are depressed. Otherwise, why should these people who have money and fame and everything should be on drugs? And they commit suicide, okay? It's, it's constant curses being spoken because the devil hates man because God loves man, okay? So we have to win the war of words, okay? Remember, it's not in numbers. If one can put a thousand to flee, if there are thousand sorcerers using curses and spells, all it takes is one man of God to cancel it out. That's what Elijah did on Mount Carmel. Okay, the whole day from morning till evening, they were cursing, they were calling, incantations, spells, everything. Nothing happened because one man stood there and canceled it out. And when he started speaking, he didn't need much time. He didn't need much time. Okay, he spoke, 
Okay, he spoke what God had spoken to him. He prayed and he brought fire and he brought rain in. Okay, so don't look at numbers because the numbers are always on the other side. You can never look at numbers. But how do we fight this battle? Fundamental principles. Okay, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. You will see the secrets behind why Jesus did. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. Okay, so what is Jesus doing? He's preparing for the day. Let us see why he did it this way. Scripture has to explain scripture. Job chapter 38, 12 and 13. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? You see, the hours of darkness is 12 to 3. That is when they operate and their sorcerers and wizards and masters and grand dames, they gather during that time. And through the 12 to 3, they are doing their spells and calling on demons, releasing demons, incantation, curses and all. So you see, why are they doing it? So that all our days would be messed up. So Jesus would wake up by 3 and cancel everything they have done. Everything they have done. Have you commanded the morning since your days? Do we... Did you? Because our day begins in the morning. He wakes up before morning. As soon as the power. We don't have to sit with them. We don't have to sit with them. We have to wake up as soon as they are over. And cancel everything they have done. So that we command our morning. See, they work in night. We work in light. Okay. So they wake up in the night, sit through the night, and try to mess up our works day, hours of light. So we wake up early when it is still dark and cancel everything they have done. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? That it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wickeds be shaken out of it. Okay, so we take hold of our destiny early in the morning. That's why you remember this year, Lord said, change your timings. Change your timings and have stuck to that timings because they said you need to wake up early in the morning. Like you have to change your schedule according to what actually happens in the spiritual realm. Don't stick to your schedule according to what happens in the physical realm because you are in ministry. You are fighting a spiritual battle. You are not going on a nine to seven job, a nine to five job. You are in a different kind of a job. So we have to change our schedule. Those who are in this battle have to change your schedule. Okay, so we wake up in the morning. We fight this battle and we cancel out because many battles of the day are won or lost before the day begins. Before the day begins. Okay, our day begins. And you need to realize, Scripture says early in the morning he went and he prayed. Okay, so it's again a warfare of words. Okay, he's praying. He hears what they have done and he's cancelling it out all out. We said there are different things of what we do with the tongue. We pray, we praise, we proclaim, we preach, we bless. Blessing blessing the Lord is also a weapon. We look at it another day, okay? It's also a weapon. Why are we called to bless the Lord? Because it is warfare. Okay, so all this we use words, we use tongue to fight this battle. That's why scripture says the weapons that we fight it are not carnal. They are mighty in God, okay, to pull down strongholds, demolish arguments. If you look at that carefully, what are they? They're all words. They're all words. They're all words, okay? So, if you look at First Samuel chapter 17, verse 10 and 11, this is that big battle of David, 
coming out for the first time. And Goliath has come out. 40 days, morning and evening, this guy will come out a nine feet tall, all dressed in bronze. Bronze. The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Okay, So when they heard his words, that is what the devil does. The devil intimidates through People with words, people which who have power, people who have influence, they constantly use. And that's why we have to be very careful about how we use words on people who are under us. It could be a maidservant. Maidservant. Okay, that's why I tell people, no, when you have power and authority, you can talk softly. <laughs> you don't have to shout. You don't have to shout. Instructions can be told softly because when we raise a voice... It intimidates those who are underneath us. And the, we don't use our words or our voice to intimidate. You can shout at the devil. That's fine. But you don't have to shout at people necessarily. Because the words are used to intimidate. So he's coming probably. He's got a big big voice because he's nine feet tall. Huge guy. And he's intimidating. His figure and his voice is used to intimidate. And that's what big media does. All this media constantly intimidating, intimidating. If you look at it, constantly it's intimidating. And people are afraid. <laughs> people. And I'm not worried about the people in the world being afraid. I'm upset about the people in the church being afraid. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Of a virus? You do not know the promises of God. You do not, you're not walking under the promises of God. Take a safety precaution, but why are you afraid? So we have to win this battle of words. If we don't win the battle of these words, we will not see the victory outside. So the first thing we have to do is that we have to see what God has to do with it. Because remember our tongue, when we were all born and grew up, our tongue was touched by hellfire. Only fire can cleanse fire. So in Isaiah chapter 6, we will see when the young prophet sees a vision of heaven, his first response is, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean. First thing is aware of his, of his words. First thing is aware. It's not of his heart or anything. His first thing is aware of his words. He says, you know what? My words have been wrong. The words I have spoken does not agree with what I have seen. All the words that I have spoken actually doesn't agree with who God is, the God I am serving. And you realize not only me, I live among a people of unclean lives. You would think that first we see the vision of God, you would say, oh, I am an unclean man. That's not what the prophet says. He says, it, you see, there is no action that will precede words. Every action follows words. If you cannot think something, you will not do it. Do it. That's why God always says, meditate on the right things so that you will do the right things. Okay, so it always begins here. So the first thing he says is, he's not going into the action, he's going to the root. He says, the issue is with my thoughts and my words. I have, I'm a man of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. You should see I'm a man of unclean eyes. That's also not what he is saying. Because your eyes can look at the most dirty thing and make it look good with words. 
or make look at the best thing and make it look dirty depending upon how the words operate in your mind and the words you have heard so it's not the eyes so much it is see eve must have been looking at that fruit for many days but when she listened to the voice of the devil she started looking at it differently it is the word that changed the picture the picture was always the same it is the words that change the picture so here what does what is the answer one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar and what did he do he touched my mouth with it and said behold this has touched your lips your iniquity is taken away your sin is purged so you need to realize it's very interesting right we talk about sin we talk about iniquity but what god does is he cleanses our lips he says yes it's a matter of the heart but it comes out of your tongue so if you want to break the iniquity and the sin in your life let the fire of heaven cleanse your tongue because the fire of hell had inflamed your tongue so your words will change your destiny your words will change your heart a new heart it gets but you can still speak the same words that's where the renewal of the mind comes okay when you put it all together we will realize words matter and that's what is being used now if you look at the us thing you will realize see, words matter it's an entire and they're censoring words so people don't hear what is happening only thing but uh, pastor president trump has his twitter and every tweet he sends after the election with a warning label warning label warning what it's all words nothing is happening outwardly if you look at it it's a war of words that is taking who will take hold the narrative who will grab the minds of the people and there is a literally a war of words taking place between good and evil there is massive censorship of truth that is taking place and we have to be careful about it you see what they are doing to the the words of the president of us is what the devil has always done to the preaching of the gospel just always restricted the preaching of the gospel because he knows the power of that gospel the words because the gospel is the power of god unto salvation so every nation if you notice the restriction is the preaching of the gospel and the gospel is preached in words faith comes from hearing the word that can save you is very near you if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you are saved so it's all connected with the word and we see it playing out in the political realm political and every authoritarian system uses that in china everything is censored the people get to know only what the government wants you to know finally when a worldwide new world order take over things we will only hear what we need to hear and our minds will be absolutely programmed to think their way so the only obstacle to this for their entire thing is a believing church the spirit filled church not just the church half the church doesn't hear at all this a hearing church they are not controlled to the media they are controlled in the spirit to hearing the voice of god they have learned he says my sheep hear my voice so therefore it doesn't matter what the system says they hear something contrary and they will go by it so for 2000 years the church has survived not the big church you see outside there is a remnant that has survived the most brutal roman age or the chinese communist regime or everything the church survives because they hear from god they they know this is propaganda and what god says is truth god says is truth so we are fighting a battle okay so now the first thing okay for the people who are hearing for our eyes it is balm 
Okay, remember what God says to the church in Laodicea. Buy from me balm, salve for your eyes, blood for the ears, the blood of Jesus to cleanse our ears, and fire for the tongue. Okay, that's how it works. Okay, and water for the feet. This is how it works. Okay, water meaning the word of God for the spiritual feet. This is how it works. Okay, so once we constantly, every day we have to ask this. It's not a one-time thing. Every day, because we are still going into this world of propaganda and lies and deceit and it causes people to depress and discourage. So every day we ask, Lord, cleanse my tongue with your fire. And once that has happened, we have to move to the next phase of what spiritual warfare with words is. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 15. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains, beat them small, and make hills like chaff. Now, what is he talking about? Okay, you know what a threshing hell now, okay, modern, this is written 2,600 years ago. So they had that little thing which which they pulled with, with hand or oxen or something. Now we have machine made. But what is actually, what is the threshing shell with sharp teeth? It's our mouth. With that, you shall thresh mountains and beat them small and make the hills like shaft. Okay, Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Now we are looking at mountains that are ranged against us, a mountain of big tech or media, entertainment, you name, these are mountains or the other word we use, giants. These are mountains ranged against us. The church, ranged against the church. How do you trust these mountains? With your words. With your words. Because what are they using? Words. What are we using? Words. So what do we do? When they have finished all their divinations, all these guys are part of that in the morning, early by three, and they are knocked out with their drugs and whatever they are on. We wake up and cancel it all over our lives. And our poor God has given us authority over. We continuously fight. And in the process, what do we do? We So we have to pray, Lord, make me into a threshing instrument with sharp teeth. Okay? It doesn't happen in one day. We have to constantly, you know, even if you have the best earth movers, you want a mountain down, it takes days and weeks. It takes it. One day, no bulldozer goes and brings a mountain down. It takes days. Sometimes they use dynamite to take the rocks off, but after some time, you will see the whole thing is level ground. Okay? So people, the problem is people give up very fast in this battle. This is a constant barrage. You have to keep on saying that same thing to that mountain. These mountains that are facing us, we have to constantly speak to this mountain. And scripture says it will get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And, you know, it says you shall winnow them. The wind shall carry them away. Which is this wind? This is the wind of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, we are using words. But if the words are not empowered by the Spirit of God, it is not going to happen. That's what God tells in Zechariah. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my Holy Spirit. Okay? So God says, when the anointing comes on the word, the mountains are being broken. Their power is broken. They think they are unshakable. They think they are immovable. They control the narrative. But God says, you speak against it. You know, Roman Empire just collapsed. It just, one day suddenly the emperor was for the church and not against the church. And if you look at history, the church never fought a physical battle. They never held, wielded a sword. 
never wielded a sword. One day, Constant Emperor turns around and he becomes Christian. Persecution stops. It's all. Without, but in the spiritual realm, did they wield weapons? Oh yes, they did. They prayed day and night. They prayed and prayed. Okay, it took a couple of hundred years because that was the big, because God's timeline. It took, but by the time it came over, it flipped over completely. Okay. So we have to look at these things and say, Lord, make my tongue and the wind of the Holy Spirit shall Blow them all away. Blow them all away. Look at what Jesus says. Mark chapter 11, 22, 23. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Okay? For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Okay? He says we need to speak to the mountain. Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. If you look at it, Three times Jesus uses the same word in verse 23. What is that? Says, says, says. It's all words. Okay? Says. The thing is that we have to keep saying. We always want to be like Jesus. You curse the fig tree, tomorrow it should be dried. But he was a, he's a different person altogether. In the sense like the way he was absolutely, totally filled with faith and the Holy Spirit, no iota of doubt, absolutely connected with the Father 24-7, the way he walked. I believe if you come to that, then what we speak is what God tells us and the mountain will go. Okay, but we have to come to that point and we are coming to that. Even Elijah, it took God time to prepare him before he could go to Mount Carmel. Three and a half years of isolation from the entire world and learning to hear the voice of God. It took him and then again he ran away. Okay, so we need to understand what God is saying. So assuredly I say to you, we have to not speak about the mountain. The more you speak about the mountain, the bigger it gets. The more you speak to the mountain, the smaller it becomes inside. Because for that faith to keep rising, we have to keep on speaking. We have to keep on speaking that. You know what? And that's why we speak the word of God. We tell what God has spoken about us. Okay? God speaker. That's how God begins with uh, Gideon. He's a fearful man. Begins with by, by telling him, you are a mighty warrior. Yeah, mighty war. He begins with it. And that he does the same thing with uh, Joshua. He didn't that, tell him first, do not be discouraged. He says, as I with Moses, I will be with you. Every place, the sole of your footprints, I give it to you. So that's how he begins with by saying, this is my statement. Now this is up to you, whether you believe it or not. So God says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. The question is, do we believe it or not? So the whole thing is that, we have to learn not to react with feelings because the devil attacks us through feelings. That's how he uses. Okay, that's how they were afraid. They looked at him, nine feet tall, Goliath. They heard his words and they were afraid and they all started running away. Okay, because that's our feelings. Our issue, the church's issue is that for the past 20, 30 years, the church has been built on feelings. Most of the songs are also feeling-based. They are not faith-based. Faith-based. The church has negated the word of God to the background and put songs to the front. What happens is when the word of God is not preached in its truth and entirety, we don't deal with sin in our lives. When we don't deal with our sin in our lives and then we talk about songs which says God loves you so much, you know what? Our faith is very weak. 
Our faith is actually very, very weak. We learn to be comfortable with sin. And when the shaking comes, you know, we go with the other side. That's what happened to the church in the West. They went over because this entire hill song and all these groups, these lyrics are good. But if you look at it, their sermons and their preaching, they never confront things that are important to God. So my simple question is, how can the Christians, half the Christians who voted on the other side, simply accept abortion? How do they act? I've heard so many Christians, it is okay. Okay, and a preacher publicly say that <clears throat> I will say abortion is wrong when you say capital punishment is wrong. And what what kind of a comparison is this? Imagine Peter killed somebody in cold blood, cut the body into pieces, hid it away, ran away. He was caught and is brought sentenced to death. And an innocent baby who's helpless, the mother. Ab- what comparison is between these two? What is this comparison? And people, when they do not know the truth, they will say, ah, oh, what is that is true. When you, but then why don't you abolish capital punishment? Capital punishment in the rarest of rare cases, even in our country, when it's absolutely pre-planned, cold-blooded murder, and that too, they get executed years and years and years later. Okay? So you have to look at how people, when they don't know the truth, they don't know the facts of the word of God and how God's justice system works, feelings will overpower. And then our words are all words of feeling. It has no effect. It has no effect. So like David did, resist what you see with faith. That's what he did. He looked at it and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he looked and said, he saw things differently. Therefore, he spoke differently. And when his brothers got irritated, he didn't pick a fight with them. He walked away. Don't pick fight with people who do not have faith. That's what Paul will say. Don't pick, get into arguments. You should know people by now, whether they have faith or not. And don't get into arguments with them. Just walk away. He walked away. Okay? And, like the Bible says, <clears throat> be careful because in our in our normal conversations, you know, in a multitude of words, there is always sin. What happens is we'll start speaking our feelings. And the devil picks upon that. Okay? So, please remember, we have an enemy. <clears throat> an enemy who's waging daily war. That's what we saw, 56-1. Daily war. Big tech, internet, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. You would name it, 20 24-7, they are trying to swallow. Who is, who are you? <laughs> I keep telling young people in youth meetings, I said, a person is not like what he or she looks like. A person is how or she thinks. If person is like what he or she looks like, then why are these Hollywood stars getting divorced? They're so good looking and so pretty, right? And they got married. Why are they getting divorced? Because it's got nothing to do with how you look. You're actually how you think. And your think is connected with words. So scripture says daily the enemies are there. That is a big media. Okay? And what happens is night it is occult. Daylight it is deception. The deception comes. Okay? And one of the fundamental things you need to understand is there are two kinds of battle action. You can't call one battle actually, but part of the battle. One is defense. The other is offense. In a war, any country that plays defense will never win. 
never will win. Okay. In a war, if you want to win. That's why you will always see even smaller powers have overcome bigger armies because they were on the offensive. They were on the offensive. Okay. You cannot play defense. You have to play offense. In Ephesians 6 and verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, power. So wrestling is the most intense form of battle. Hand-to-hand combat, you say. After everything is over, you want to take the territory, you will go into hand-to-hand combat. Okay, That is the parallel over here. So you are fighting, you are on the offense. You are not defending your territory from the powers of darkness. You are on the offense, conquering territory from powers of darkness. Okay, and we need to understand it's parallel what happened in the last four years. In the past four years and the years before that, we were constantly bombarded. The Christians, the conservatives were bombarded by big media and all this taken over by leftist organizations and indoctrinated people. They were bombarding us against our values, what we lived for, what we stood for, everything so that church was playing defense. That was always playing defense. And they said, apologized, 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 moved back. Okay, the abortion is okay. Uh, any divorce is okay. LGBTQ is okay. We played defense, 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 defense. And then on March uh, in 2016, President Trump came. You should look at why do they hate him? Because he plays offense on Twitter. He gives it back the way they give it to him. And they had never been confronted like that Ever. 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 They never been confronted. He called them out. Now if you if you if you do not know your if you do not understand, if you do not have discernment, you will see how the media puts lies. Okay? Across lies and changes the narrative. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> the media will pick on President Trump picking on individuals in the political spectrum or whoever has said something about him, he gives it back. Okay, they will pick on that. But if you noticed, as far as I can remember his statements over these four years, he has picked only on individuals who are his opponents. He has never picked on the democratic base, the people. He has never said anything negative about them. Have you noticed? He has never said anything negative about the people, half the people who vote blue. He has never said anything negative about them. While they have always called us names, deplorables, you know, bunch of whatever Hillary called, all those names, they bracket us into one group. You know, remember uh, if I'm Obama saying they cling to their guns and their religion. Okay, so they bracket us they come against us. He never went against them. Never. And the media will never show you that. Never show you that. That he never attacked the base. He never called the democratic base as such, such, such. He only picked on his opponents who attacked him. He attacked back. Okay. So in the spiritual realm also, we need to realize you have to fight this battle. You cannot play defense with the devil. Cannot play defense with the devil. With powers of darkness, you cannot play defense. You can only play offense. You can only, because if you play defense with them, they will get it. Okay? So what happens is the church became very, very flabby. Because the big word today, there's only one word, which is tolerance. And tolerance is not a virtue in the kingdom of God. Okay? 
And if you look at it, 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked on earth, if, he's, if you look at where he is walking around, <coughs> the mainstream media then was called the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. And he gave it to them nicely. If Jesus had a Twitter account, it was always aimed at them. And he was, the people were, the people said, he talks differently. He speaks with power and with authority. And any time the scribe or the Pharisees tried to correct him, he said, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the way it is. Okay. It was a war of words. And he always won the war of words because they were silent. They didn't know what to tell him, how to handle him. How to handle him. Okay. How to handle him. So you need to realize in this narrative, the church lost the war of words. Because we apologize for what is true. We apologize for what is right in God's sight. We don't have to be apologetic. What do we have to apologetic? I'm always pro-life. I don't care if all the nations of the world make pro-choice as the law. I will be always pro-life. I don't care if all the nations, including the UN, declares LGBTQ as the standard. I will be always against it. Why? Because my God is against it. Doesn't change. So these are fundamental things and what you believe what is true, you should be willing to pay the price for it. The church does not even know what it believes because you know what? They won the war of words. So we have to be offensive in our warfare, spiritual warfare with our words. You cannot be defensive. Remember, it all began with words in the Garden of Eden. The devil came with words and deceived. Okay, Psalm 3 and verse 7. When you pray, this is how you pray, what it means. Arise, O Lord, save me, O, o my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. What is it talking about? Every occult, every spell, every incantation, every lie they have spoken against me, Lord, I break it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the old covenant, they appeal to God. In the new covenant, we speak on behalf of God because he is in us. He has given us authority. Old covenant, they were not given that. So they always had to cry out to God to help them on their behalf. Now God says, I have given you authority. You speak it in my name. So we have to pray this, Lord, let it be broken. And whatever they sent, let it ricochet and go on them. It will not touch me. It will not touch me. It will destroy them. It will destroy them. Psalms 58 verse 6. Break their teeth in their mouth, O God. Break out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Have you looked at the White House press corps? They're all young people. They're all young. And do you know the way they talk to the president of U.S.? They're all young people. These are all young lions. And he's tough, but we have to put pray. Break their teeth in their mouth, O God. Break out the fangs of the young lions. These are all words. <laughs> if you don't have teeth, you cannot speak properly. Okay, meaning what it actually means is your words need to have teeth in it. Are you getting it? When we use the word teeth, what it means? Okay, meaning you just you just don't mollycoddle the devil. You don't mollycoddle the devil. You use words which have teeth. Okay, you you use go through the Bible and look, and then the Spirit Himself will give us words. Okay, these young lions have been assigned against me and my destiny. Break their teeth in their mouths, O Lord. Tear out the fangs of the lion. Even a lion, if its teeth is taken off and its claws are clipped, is can't do much to you. What can he do? 
Or snake, you take out the fangs of, what can the snake do? Right? So that's what he's talking about. Lord, break the teeth of these mouths. The teeth in their mouths. They can, their, their, uh, what you call, their effect is gone. We have to pray that way. Ultimately, what happens? Nobody believes the media at all. We have to pray that people start getting off the media. We are not going to listen to you at all. We don't trust you at all. And start canceling their subscriptions from mainstream media. Okay? And we have to pray in the same way, Lord, because today, tomorrow, and all next week will be court cases going on. Lord, there are, there are two lawyers on both sides. Okay? They see side of the enemy side. We have to pray, Lord, break their teeth in their mouth. We are not saying breaking their teeth. This is a spiritual thing. That the fangs of these young lawyers, these lawyers are sitting over there. The words will have no effect at all against me. It will fall to the ground and I will have power. I will have power and I will have favor in God's sight. Okay. Job 29.17. Okay. I'm just giving you connected with what we are looking. I broke the fangs of the wicked and plucked the victim from his teeth. Okay. This is the devil. But he uses men and women. Okay. I broke the fangs of the wicked, the enemy. Okay. And plucked the victim from his teeth. How does the devil snare people? Through words. How does Adam and Eve fall? Through words. How do we rescue? By breaking his teeth. And rescuing people from his deceptive words. Okay. So we pray. We pray. Remember 1 Samuel 17, 34 and 37. And David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it rose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. Now what is he talking about? Exactly what we do in the spiritual realm. These are people. They are lambs. They are ignorant. They are caught in the words of the devil. What do we do? We go, we strike the lion, we strike the bear and rescue the lambs from its mouth. How are this? How are, how are they taken? By words. How do we take it? By in prayer and in proclamation and in decree and in preaching. We rescue them from the mouth of the lion. Because if lion, you see what happens is that when he strikes the lion on its head, it releases the lamb. We have, first we have to do is to see the people are released from these lying words. The power of these lying words. How do we do? We strike the lion on the head. That's why he said, you shall trample upon snakes and scorpions. You shall trample. This is one in prayer. This is one in prayer. This is, this is a primarily spiritual. We pray in the spirit. Okay, you pray in the spirit. You fight this in the spirit. You pray in the spirit. Okay, because when you pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit's power flows through. He is battling this battle, and Zechariah four comes to pass. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's through the Holy Spirit. Look at how Jesus puts it across in Mark chapter sixteen and seventeen. He says this is the first thing that will happen in the new covenant. These signs will follow those who believe. How? In my name, they will cast out. And second, they will speak with, they go together. Every time you engage in spiritual warfare in tongues, demons let go of their victims. The lion let go of victims. This is spiritual. So we don't expect the people we are praying for, let's say President Trump and his family and his team, we don't expect them to do this because they don't know how to do this. This is our job. We can't do what he can do. 
And he can't do what we are supposed to do. What was the job of the church in America? Was to uphold him like this. Uphold him like him. Because they knew they got a president who stands up for what the church stands up for. What the church believes in, what God believes in, the values what the church is fighting for is what he is fighting for. So the church should have fought for him in the spiritual realm instead of half the church use words to tear him down. Tear him down. So Romba, <clears throat> okay, Mark 16, 17, this is, this is how it happened. So please Romba, as I conclude, it's a daily battle. It's not a one day once a week, once a month, this is a daily battle. My enemies are there to swallow me. Remember 56, 1? Let me look at 56, 6 also, if I'm right. I mean, 56, this, this is actually applies to David and President Trump very clearly. Look at, let's read. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. So what is he saying? I'm declaring his word. They're using words? I'm Speaking out his word. Now he can't do that. So we have to do it for him. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? All day they twist my word. That's what they did with him for four years. He says one thing. They cut and edit and say this is what he said. 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 And by the time the media has flashed it around, like Mark Twain said, no, before truth has put on its uh, shoes, the lie has traveled half around the world. That's what they do. You cannot go correct it. Most half the people swallow it. And that's exactly there. All day they twist my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together. They hide. They mark my steps when they lie in wait for my... See, what did they... They gather together. The whole media has gathered together. And they hide. Good, nice places, nice badges, everything, no? Harvard, this university, that university, degree. They hide behind their degrees. And what do they do? They mark my... What is it called? Fact-checking. They mark my word. Every word he speaks, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is... The question is, who facts checks a facts checker? Nobody. Nobody. They have become the authority. Wikipedia changes things every day. They keep changing things. No? So, that is why we stick to the word of God. There's only one truth. And God says, I have magnified my word above all my name. So, we have to know what we are fighting. This is the battle for the narrative. This is a battle for the narrative. Right now, the media controls the narrative. We have to pray that this hold of media, big tech, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all this is broken by God. And we can only, only we have the power to do that. We have the power to do that. Okay, right now, they look very, very powerful, but they are not. They are not. So we have to say, Lord, make me a threshing instrument with teeth. With teeth. And let, we will thresh the mountains and the hills down like shafts. And the Spirit of God will just blow them away. Break the teeth of the ungodly that their words have no power. It will fall to the ground. That the lions are signed against me. Break their teeth in their mouth. Tear out their fangs. Right? That's what, okay? And as Job said, I break the fangs of the wicked and pluck the wicked, the victims from there teeth. Okay? And then <clears throat> Revelation 12 and verse 11. 12 and verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What Jesus did and what we say. 
we have to say what god says that's how we overcome the third thing that's why i don't allow most people to be part of this is that you need to have counted the cost you can't be fearful in this okay okay but most of people are fearful you cannot get into uh, like like i have always said in the old days if in the bad height of the battle if one of the soldiers turned around and ran you know what the order was given shoot him because the rest will start running okay so that's why the first thing god told gideon let the fearful go and 22000 left here only 32000 22000 left and in the record in revelation 21 the first set of people who are cast to heaven to hell are the fearful so you you cannot love your life even unto death you're not afraid of that i mean we may be afraid of pain but you should not be afraid of uh, death okay we're not afraid of death okay You, you cannot be afraid of if you are afraid of death you cannot get into this battle because this is a daily battle he will come against you with everything that he has basically meaning men women flesh romara the two electors in michigan they were harassed and they were being um intimidated and threatened and everything so they changed their vote and again they came and rescinded and now they're coming out public but this is what the left is do everywhere every nation that's what they do power structures no they will intimidate you and threaten you look at how general michael flynn was arrested at midnight and cnn was there they brought in the fbi with the swat team and they broke his door with pajamas an old man who has no criminal record <laughs> and while criminals walk free we were all released during pandemic and not um, uh, michael flynn sorry uh, roger stone or just how you are sorry just to show this is what we will do to you if you speak against us the deep state basically to create fear for people who are inside them don't you dare turn against us this is what we will do to you so some of those arrests you need to realize are not arrests they are a spectacle as a warning to the other so you will hear hollywood stars committing suicide hollywood actress drowning in a bathtub it's a warning don't you dare leave the circle this is what will happen to you we can take you out any time we want without even having to be there jeffrey epstein did not hang himself we can take you out any time we want that is how they keep them in fear and how does god's army march they do not love their lives to death they fearless because they know they are already overcome death they already overcome death so understand this is fundamental to fighting these battles fundamental to fighting these battles otherwise we will not we will not know what what that is why praying in the spirit is so important that's why paul says i pray in the spirit more than all of you we have to continuously pray in the spirit because we are releasing the power of god and allowing the spirit of god to use our tongue Okay, so there are mountains to be destroyed. Let's go to Joshua chapter fourteen, ten to twelve. This is an old man. He's the oldest in the camp. He's eighty-three years old. The rest of them are forty and below. He's an old man. Now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as He said, this forty-five years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Now, here I am, this day, eighty-five years old. Yet I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. That was forty-three years ago. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Now, do you think actually he is physically that strong? No, it's the strength of his mind. 
the strength of his mind. Okay, it's not his physical strength, strength of his mind and his words he's speaking, both for going out and for coming now in. Therefore, give me this mountain. Please give me this mountain. You see, a generation had conquered that land. They were all young. But when it came to the mountain, they left it alone. Because they said there are giants, anakim in that mountain. We don't want to fight this well. This guy says, give it to me. I will fight him. I will handle the mountain and I will handle the giants too. I will handle the giants too. And this is the spirit God is looking for people in the last days. The best crop of Israelites was the second generation. But the best of the best crop also left the mountain alone. And the best of the old generation came and took it. Okay. This is the giants who dwell in that mountain. We have this mountain of fraud and corruption in this election. And it's deep-rooted more than the election. It's built on corruption. The U.S. system is fraud and corruption. There's this mountain of the judicial system. So we have to pray that the judges have the fear of God. It falls upon them and they won't do hanky-panky over there. Okay, This mountain called Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, which feeds into the bloodthirsty demons. There are demons and devil who is bloodthirsty. They have to be fed constantly. And there is this river of blood flowing every day. So blue states will keep the abortion clinics open during pandemic, saying it is essential. Essential for whom? Not for the women. Not for the women. Essential for the demons. You want them to help you? You need to feed them what they tell you. What do they want? They want blood. They want blood. So these are mountains we are fighting. Okay? The entire mainstream media is basically the mouthpiece of the new world order. Illuminati that wants to take over the world. Okay? So these are, we need to know these are the mountains. Okay? Zechariah 3, 6 and 6 to 7. But who is this mountain before? You, Zerubbabel. Okay, we just think ourselves as the uh, Zerubbabel. Four, four, not three, four, yeah. He answered and s- <clears throat> No, 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 sorry, four, four, yeah. Okay, chapter four. He answered and said to me, the word of the Lord is Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain? He's speaking to the mountain. Who are you, a great mountain? Before Zer- Now he is not denying the fact the mountain is not great. The mountain is great. Big Tech is big, big. Okay, mainstream media is big. They're all superstars. They're all superstars. And they all are like, you no, know, fighting for their space and their voice. No, it changes the mindset of people. All these are big, big, big voices. Okay, but who are you, a great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plane. Okay? It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. But how will it be released? Through the mouth of Zerubbabel. Mouth of Zerubbabel. Before Zerubbabel. Because God gets incredible. He gets tickled pink when his little saints speak his word and the mountains go. Because he wants to demonstrate the defeat of the devil in the heavenlies. That you are nothing before even my tiny little child who believes. Who believes? You shall become a plain and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. So that is how we fight these 
battle. Okay, so many mountains are there, but we constantly in your memory write it down. Okay, the fraud, the judicial system, the mainstream media, the abortion industry, socialism, which is like that's a whole idea. But we will say, what's the problem with socialism? Socialism is directly opposed to the kingdom of God because socialism brings dependency upon government. Faith brings dependency on God, and socialism replaces government, God with government. Every socialistic system, you will see they hate religion. They hate God. Because it, you are dependent upon the government. Okay, and the mountain of entertainment. We have to pray. This is a continuous prayer. Take this junk out of Hollywood and really family-based entertainment will come. With family values, Christian values, Christian TV. This will really take over. Because you can't win a battle and live it like that. You have to constantly fight this battle so that we have a generation that will turn around. We are not fighting for four years. We are not fighting for four years. We are fighting for more than that. We don't make the mistake of Joshua as for me and my household. He forgot about the next generation. And by the next generation rose up a generation rose up who did not know their God did not know their God. We should not be like Hezekiah. Oh, it is okay. It will not happen during my lifetime. Who cares if it happens in the next generation? No. The next generation matters because our God has said his testimony should go from generation to generation to generation. So now we will pray. Okay. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We come to you, Father, the name, the power, the authority that you have vested in us, Lord. But first we come to you again, Lord. All of us who are online, we come to you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, we are people of unclean lips. And we live among a people of unclean lips, Lord. We have said things that are out of turn, out of faith, against your word, knowingly, unknowingly. And we pray once again, Lord, Take your holy fire and cleanse our lips. Only cleansed lips have the power to go out in your name. After his lips were cleansed, you asked, who will go for me? And I said, here I am. Cleanse our lips. Purge our lips. Purge our lips. Purge our lips.